Insight on Business, the News Hour with Michael Libby is made possible through the support of Tarot International. The Tarot trainers are experts in helping you and your business to achieve, lead, and outclass in every situation. Learn more at TERO.com. Hey, welcome back to Insight on Business. Grateful that you're listening to us from wherever on the planet you happen to be. With me is Jessica Dunker. She is a returning guest to the News Hour. She has been with us several times in the past. She is the president and chief executive officer of the Iowa Restaurant Association, as well as the Iowa Hotel Association. Kind of a newly minted group, I think. It, it sure is. There was, um, prior to COVID, there was a longstanding association called the Iowa Lodging Association. And unfortunately, they folded in March of 2020. Exactly at why the time. Why would that surprise yeah, anybody? Right, right, right. Well, exactly at the time that organizations mm. needed advocacy. So many hotels have restaurants. And because of that, we have crossover members who asked if the Iowa Restaurant Association would consider adding hotel issues. We chose instead to form a second independent association that is headed by, both of those are headed by me, but we have staff um, committed to each of those individually. And we have now taken up the mantle of both types of legislative issues. Um, The Restaurant Association on lobbies on restaurant issues, the Iowa Hotel and Lodging Association on hotel and lodging issues. And this is a big deal because, you know, post-COVID or whatever we're in right now, right. Um, because we don't know. We don't know. We don't. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we fought really hard throughout the pandemic to help restaurants receive uh, assistance, funding, openings, uh, you know, all of those things. And unfortunately, Uh, the Iowa Hotel and Lodging, there wasn't a voice at the Capitol for them at the very time that they, like other, you know, types of industries needed it. And I think that the evidence um, speaks for itself about associations. Mm. You know, whatever business you're in or whatever industry you're in, you should join your professional trade association because they are the only way that you have a face and a voice up at the state legislature as well as in Washington, D.C., it is so very true. And by joining an association, whatever trade association you happen to become a member of, you matter. You do. And, you do. and it's that personal relationship. Otherwise, you're out there alone. Well, you know, it's interesting. I do not have a restaurant background that's particularly strong, and I have no hotel background. And yet I'm heading organizations committed to their issues, committed to their causes. And the reason I'm effective at that, and the reason our lobbyist is effective at that, is because we bring the leaders together from Iowa's, you know, from the hotel industry and the restaurant industry, and we say to them, what are you dealing with? What could be different? How can it be better? And then they actually direct the efforts that we take. That's what anybody who joins a professional trade association can be part of. And not that we had planned to sit down and talk about this, but I I feel so strongly about that because I see the strong groups up at the state capitol, and it is the groups that have people who are committed day in and day out to going to every hearing or subcommittee meeting, going to every committee, talking to legislators, creating relationships with legislators, and then calling into action the people at grassroots when something is at play. So, you know, if there's anything anyone could take away is join your trade association, whatever it is. It's I promise you it's not expensive. 
I, I don't know what, you know, but I promise it's not as expensive as what it could cost you if you have no voice. Jessica Dunker, ladies and gentlemen, the president and CEO of a couple of organizations, the Iowa Restaurant Association and the Hotel Association. All right, let's, let's turn the page and talk a little bit about challenges in yeah. the lodging area. I, I suspect you're going to say workforce. Workforce, absolutely. Like every industry that provides entry-level jobs in particular, um, the hotel industry is still not back at, capa- at the levels that they were pre-COVID. Um, we're down probably uh, 10% at least minimum. In the state of Iowa, we are struggling to find everything from cleaning help to uh, folks to work the front desk to, you know, every, every type of position in no. hospitality. And, you know, one of the things that happened in hospitality is that people who were really good professionals, people who had dedicated careers to being an event planner, to being a manager, to being, a you know, an accountant, when your industry gets shut down or devastated, you find jobs in other industries. Yes. And it's not like uh, our talented workforce was waiting for us to call them back. In times of uncertainty, you have to take care of your family. And so we have just permanently lost an entire level of of management and higher level positions. Now that creates opportunities for young people who are, or, or people looking to career shift makes do something different it certainly provides opportunity in those industries like the hotel industry um but it does make this interim pretty difficult yes pretty difficult you know i travel once a month to mason city iowa where i have uh, an opportunity to work with people and i've been doing that for years and years and years one of the interesting things that i have learned there is a core group at the hotel that i stay at Yes. That has been there forever. Yes. Forever. Yes. And they're almost like family because I know them so well. Yes. Um, is, is that common? I mean, do people do people hang on to to, to jobs that and, and that they apparently love? Yeah, I think that in hospitality, there's a couple of realities, particularly in independent types of uh, either lodging groups or in restaurants. And that is that your work family does in large part become your family. And people are committed to keeping the business going, even if it isn't their business. And so that is that's not uncommon Uh, in the larger corporate hotels. It's different. It would I would say it's different than that. But um, that sounds like something really special yeah it, well it is and it's, it, City. It, and it's always a surprise to me you know that these folks are still there and there's this core group i would say maybe four or five yeah that have been there forever yeah well and i'm sure that that is shows the in the quality of service that you receive in the cleanliness oh, yeah, um, you know in everything because you know they're committed to having the consumer experience be what the consumer experiences expect. Well, Danish does a good job in running his property. Yeah, so I imagine so. I imagine so. What, what other challenges are you seeing uh, outside of workforce, which is huge? Yes. Um, with the Iowa Hotel and Lodging Association. Well, not there are challenges and opportunities, and mm. obviously the economy is a, a challenge for every s- sector of the 
you know, the business community. The people that, across the United States are wanting to travel. I they, mean, they're, they they're wanting to get out there and do. They are. But what we're seeing is a different kind of traveler. And this was true in 2022 and is continu- going to be continuing in 2023. They're called uh, leisure travel travelers. So people who are combining a business trip with leisure, which creates a different expectation in a hotel. Sure. So you have somebody in the family who maybe has work paying for a portion of the travel and so they pull their family along and then the expectation again is what kinds of amenities are offered at the places that you um, stay there's there's also um, a new group that is called the digital nomad the 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 digital digital nomad nomad. okay right and you know while people probably never stop to think about remote work and how that affects um, an industry like the hotel industry, you, people assume that business travel has been reduced, w- which is true. But the digital nomad is a business person who wants to can work from anywhere as yes. long as you have great internet, right? Their companies are flexible and comfortable with that. And so we are starting to see those folks travel, which is fantastic. And so um, occupancy rates, they're almost to 2019 levels. Um, and it, so we're we're pleased with the direction things are going. You know, COVID was incredibly tough on the hotel industry. At both the federal and state level, we were the only portion of hospitality that didn't get something carved out for our industry. Mm. You know, the restaurants had had both state and federal programs dedicated to them. Uh, entertainment venues had you know the closed stage things the arts, all of them, everybody did except the hotel industry at both the state and federal level. I don't know why that is. I was going to ask, okay, why? I I don't know. I mean, you know, there are those who are are slightly cynical that might say it's because we had a hotelier as a president at the time that the federal, there wasn't a federal carve out. Um, I just think that people weren't stopping to consider what was happening to large corporate groups. And maybe it was the idea, we can't fix anything here. Yeah, that and um, I think there were just so many small players. So why is it that maybe hotels didn't have that assistance? Yeah, so at the state level, we talked about it, right? There wasn't a voice up there just constantly pounding the pavement asking for hotel assistance. At the federal level, you know, the, those that are cynical might say it's because we had a hotelier at the um, in the presidency, and perhaps it was politically unwise to consider helping hotels as a result of that. But you know, the independent hoteliers, most of them, unless they were granted a, a, something from their city, continued to pay property taxes. Sure. Sometimes tens of thousands of dollars in property taxes at the time that they did not have. Uh, customers, that they were just looking at occupancy rates that were bottoming out. And so um, the road to recovery is long, but we're seeing the road to recovery. People are coming back out. They are staying in hotels. Occupancy rates across the country and including in the state of Iowa are are getting higher. In Iowa, we're not to our 2019 occupancy rate, but we're within four or five percent of it, which is good. We had a story during the pandemic about Many hotels are becoming office space for people. You you talked about digital nomads. Right. 
and where hotels were saying, look, if you're tired of working from home and you need an office, we've got Wi-Fi, we've got services, we've got things. D- did any of that happen? We, I, we didn't see a lot of that here in Iowa. I think one of the reasons would be that uh, – we have a lot of space in our homes in the Midwest, and you could go to different parts of your home or around in a, in the larger footprint of most homes. And so, that wasn't something that we saw a lot of in in Des, in Des Moines or across the state. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was an interesting way to market oneself. I thought. Well, you know, you know I think you saw a lot of creativity in every everywhere everywhere in the hospitality industry including uh, hotels as, but you know, you didn't have your swimming pools open, right? And so when you look at things like the leisure traveler, it, there's an expectation that your kids can swim, right? There, I mean, there are things that we couldn't do that forced us to be creative. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, and because I have started traveling again over the past year, and hotels in various parts of the United States, is that many are cutting back on not room service, but room cleanliness. I mean, they're not coming by changing towels and sheets or you have to ask for that kind of a thing, which I find is fine. Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't really want folks in and out of my room. Yeah. Uh, is is that now going to become the norm, you think? I do think yeah. it is. And, you know, obviously that was driven initially by workforce. Sure. And that was even pre pre-COVID, that you were starting to see people do that. Sometimes in the name of sustainability, actually, was, you know, initially those were sustainability efforts by hotels so that they weren't running as much laundry. And, you know, if you hung up your towel and could reuse it, maybe we don't need to bring you a fresh one every day. Um, now, it, sustainability is still important, of course, but now it's driven by workforce. I, you know, I laugh um, as I think back at some of the conversations I've had with large hotel groups here in the Iowa, the state of Iowa, uh, Heart of America, Mike Whalen, he and and his wife talked about, they did laundry. They did laundry in their hotels because they didn't have the staff to do it and it needed to be done. And so, you know, here's the guy who owns all the hotels and owns restaurants and, you know, as a business, you know, a businessman that normally has staff to do almost anything. He and Kim were doing laundry. Sure. Um, Hawkeye Hotels with the, you know, one of the Patel families that's in the restaurant industry uh, talking to Ravi about he and his parents cleaning rooms because they didn't have workforce. And, you know, when you're the owner, it's your place and you've got to get it done. But I think that speaks to what happened to entry level workforce in positions all over the hospitality industry in particular. Yeah, it is. uh, Well, we talked off mic about how all of this has changed everything. It has. And and many things we probably won't see come back uh, to the way they were pre-COVID. And as a result of that, just like the restaurant industry, you know, the hotel industry will have technology doing more things and will be reliant on technology for more things. And you know, the, their question is out, will that improve uh, customers' experience or will it keep it the same or will it make people feel like they're not getting the hospitality they mm. expect? We, you know, it, Expectations. The, expectations. And in the hospitality industry, in the hotel industry, you're always wanting to exceed expectations from pe- for people. Are you when you're speaking to your members, are are they coming back with issues of 
people having short fuses? So to, I mean, is the expectation sometimes not going to match the reality? And people just seem to, I mean, how many airlines have had to, unruly passengers? And I suspect there's unruly guests. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But the thing that I've heard that is strange and that I didn't expect, but I should have thought of, to be honest, is the expectation that you're going to charge my car. Uh, this is one of the things that hotel and lodging groups have to think about is how do you charge electric cars? Oh. Now, I know that that seems like a strange thing, but you know some folks with an electric car can only get so far. And if you go to a rural area, for example, how do rural accommodations charge electric cars and people just expect that there, there's an ability to do that and that is something that that's one of the struggles that we're going to have in, as an industry as people are changing what they drive yeah and you know folks that maybe now because are, are attached to the idea of the electric car you know we got they can get to us but we got to get them home and so <laughs> um, it's funny that is one of the things that has not necessarily met expectation for sure. some of our <laughs> for some of our folks yeah, that is a, yeah that is a bizarre thought yeah. at, at the end of the day because that's brand new that is brand new and that's you know that is a post-covid issue that that we're we're facing right now and um the American Hotel and Lodging Association and our state association, you know, we're looking, there are programs out there to help uh, folks that need to create these electronic or these electric charging stations for cars. And, you know, that's an area that, you know, we never thought about that as an amenity, right? But now we have to think about those things. Well, it's kind of like Wi-Fi in the room. Right. You know, remember when we would go someplace and you'd have to plug in some kind of a device into a modem of some kind right and you had to pay for it no matter what no matter what and that you know that is just not the expectation for folks anymore you may pay for higher speed but uh everyone everywhere expects a free wi-fi yeah and and one of those things in our lifetime that has changed so dramatically what else do you see in the future that uh, could be impactful to the lodging and hotel industry well we are starting to see uh people want to be in person again. And that has been uh, wonderful. And that is really what will help hotels and lodging venues is when people will come back out for the in-person meeting. We actually have the good fortune of having worked with the Iowa Tourism Office. And we wrote, there was an RFP out for meeting incentive program. And we wrote a program that was chosen by the Iowa Tourism Office that we administer that's called Meet in Iowa. And what we did was take a program that had rural parameters and uh, urban parameters. And if you had 10 hotel nights total in a rural area or 25 hotel nights total, and that can be in any combination, like two people for five nights or, you know, however you do it. And you could show us that with a adding a tourism experience on the front end or the back end of that whether it's golf it's a culinary experience it's a tour it's a museum something that made you go back into these tourism areas you could get up to $25,000 back towards what? your meeting yes and the way that we did this is if you added it on the front end or the back end and you could show that you had a 33% increase in hotels so if you think about that would mean for a, a group with 10 hotel rooms if 
four of them, three or four people came in early or stayed a day late and took a riverboat tour, went to a museum, you know, did the ice cream walk in Lamar's, whatever it was, uh, we could give you reimbursement of anywhere from 20 to 25% back on the cost of merchandise, on the cost of meeting space, on the cost of rentals, on the cost of food minus alcohol. The state couldn't um, pay for alcohol. But we have uh, that program in 2022 has already had a measured uh, increase of hotel nights in the state of Iowa of over 3,100 rooms. Wow. Yeah. And it was so successful that the state renewed it in uh, 2023 and because it wasn't we received the we had a million dollars that we were trying to get through in about eight months and um, we've made the program a little bit different in 2023 but now it's a straight 25 percent on all of the things that qualify and we already are taking applications for that and we expect that to do the same thing increase not just hotel nights which is our one of our measures but also um, people going back into our museums, into our concert halls, into our, you know, everything that suffered, everything that suffered during COVID that people used to make a trip to. This is one of the ways that the state created, you know, the state gave the money for a program and we were able to do it. Always amazing stuff when I get to visit <laughs> with Jessica Dunker, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I would encourage anybody you know, to, if, that's doing a sales meeting or an association meeting or a training, I mean, anything that is a, a meeting, to look at the program. It's You can find it at meetinia.com. And it's a, we've been told it's one of the simplest applications anybody has seen. Uh, hoteliers are pointing customers towards it. Uh, convention and visitor bureaus are helping groups take advantage of it and you know one of the things that we were really um a big part of were some of the girls wrestling events sure that were over in the coralville and iowa city area they were able to add training sessions um and and stay as long as they had a tourism experience so we saw increased traffic in restaurants and breweries in museums around the state and Riverboat tours, we've seen a lot of group travel take advantage of this, and and it's still all out there. So really encourage people to look at the program. And we will link to that as well, so why not? Jessica, thanks so very much for visiting with me. Again, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You are so into things that all of us take for granted. Yeah. Our our hotels, our restaurants, our bars, all of that. We, you know, the backstory, who knew? Yeah, you know, I love the state of Iowa. I'm very proud to be from the state of Iowa, and I love entrepreneurs. And we are still a state that is filled with hospitality entrepreneurs. Most of our restaurants are still independently owned restaurants. Most of our hotels are owned by Iowans who just want to greet, serve, and love on people and love on the communities. And so really encourage people, just come back out because we're ready and waiting. Jessica Dunker, thank you so much. Thank you. And that was Jessica Dunker from the Iowa Restaurant Association and the newly minted Iowa Hotel and Lodging Association. Yes, we will have links to both on our radio blog as we were talking about not only hospitality in Iowa, but nationwide. 
Well, that's a wrap for today's Insight on Business, the News Hour. Thanks so very much for being with us, for all of us that put this together each and every day. Chap Ramsey is our production coordinator, sales and marketing. Aaron Libby, the voice of the Business News Hour, is Hunter Pease. And the music you're listening to right now is arranged, composed, and conducted by our friend James Goodlett of Jam Good Productions. For all those folks and for Jessica Dunker, my name's Michael Libby. Have yourself a great day. Be safe, be well, be careful. Most of all, be good to your fellow man. Good day.